Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another Minutes with Mew presented by Chestnut Hill Technologies. I'm your host, Mike Galtieri. We'll be joined by Scott Mutrin. You know him as the BC sideline reporter. Learfield IMG Radio Network covers all the games home and away for BC football. And BC coming up a very impressive 45-24 to victory over NC State. Before we get to Scott, I'd like to remind everybody, if you're a BC football fan, you need to join the BC Football Gridiron Club. Uh, BCFootballGridiron.com to sign up and get more details. Uh, there'll be a very exciting BC Football Gridiron party this Friday night before Clemson at the Esso Club down in Clemson, South Carolina before the big game. So make sure to be a part of it, the BC Football Gridiron Club. And Scott, as we bring Scott Mutrin in, First of all, a very impressive win. Just your general thoughts as BC approves to 4-3 and three after that 45-24 victory, an ACC win over NC State. Yeah, it was a, uh, it was a good win for, for the Eagles this past Saturday. It was uh, impressive to see the uh, defense come back after the, after the bye week and make some adjustments, it looked like. And they came out very spirited on their side of the ball and, and played really well. They're the guys that actually let out the scoring by getting a pick six by Jason Matry for a touchdown uh, after a good special teams play kept uh, North Carolina State deep in their own end zone. BC rose to the challenge and, and made some plays. They they got off the field on third down. NC State, I think, was four for 15 for the game, and they I think two for their first 12. So BC did a good job making some adjustments, got some – Different personnel in there and uh, made some good plays. And it was it was good to see the defense come alive and, and really rally this past week. I think Max Richardson is a guy that's continuing to do his part. He's in the top 20, I think, in the nation in, in tackles or averaging over 10 a game. And he had 10 this past game with a pass breakup, uh, one sack and three TFLs. So he really brought his game in, on that side of the ball. And then offensively, what can he say besides – the offensive line was absolutely unbelievable. Almost 200-yard 200, 200 rushers. A.J. Dillon went over 200 yards. David Bailey was ACC game, of, you know, running back of the week. And they did a great job. Dennis Grosell managed the game. He didn't have to put up big numbers throwing the football, but made a couple throws when they needed to and some third-down conversions uh, with his arm and with his leg. So a really complete performance for the Eagles. Say the only complaint would be that they couldn't keep their kickoffs inbound. Yeah, you're right. That's a good point. BC rushed 429 yards on offense. So, uh, Scott, you're a former QB. I'd like to get your thoughts more in depth. You mentioned it briefly, Dennis Grossell. He obviously was a very good game manager. Didn't have to throw the ball that much. Just your overall thoughts on his, his first career start with BC. You know, he didn't have to do a lot throwing the ball once BC got ahead. I think he after the second quarter I really think he only threw three or four passes the rest of the game so he, he did a good job of not forcing the ball into guys that were covered uh, the numbers don't you know look like they're great out you know outstanding numbers when you're six for 15 for 105 yards but he avoided the big mistakes 
Uh, made some good uh, some good throwaways when guys weren't there. And then he also did a good job with his legs in there. Kind of the game seminal moment of the of the game was BC 16 play 98 yard drive where they're at backed up in their own end on third down and Dennis makes a great play with his feet and he's able to make a guy miss and get a first down and that extends the drive which allowed BC to you know to go down and get the touchdown he also had a nice third down conversion there and when you're able to convert it on third down you've heard me talk about it a lot it really helps that BC offense because the more they're on the field, the, the more um, productive they become and the more they wear down opposing defenses. And it's just exactly how Steve Vendazio envisions that offense playing is a team that's going to run with some pace. They're going to stay on the field. They're going to run the football with physicality, and, and they're going to score some points. So they, they did all those things and checked all the boxes this past weekend. And Dennis Grissel had a lot to do with that. It's Sometimes your job is to throw for, you know, for 350 and sometimes it's to, you know, to throw for 100 and, you know, use your legs and make a couple throwaways. If you were him, his coach, looking ahead till next week, a weekend in Death Valley, Clemson, he's obviously a little nervous, going to have some jitters, the huge crowd, loud night game. What would you tell him to kind of manage the game next weekend? Well, it's funny. Uh, <laughs> you can tell a quarterback anything – you desire and whatever you know whether to be nervous to not be nervous to be calm and, and to go through this all but the fact of the matter is unless you're in their shoes it doesn't really help because they're the one that has to go out there and perform so they can you can get you know watch a ton of film and feel really confident about the game plan but you know when you run out there and you go to face them you're still going to have nerves and that's a that's a good thing it's just how you manage and control them right do you uh, do you let it get the best of you and do you get tunnel vision or do you kind of be able to, to absorb it all in and, you know, enjoy the moment and just play your game with wild, you know, with, with wide vision and, and, and not get overwhelmed and just play, you know, just play your game and, and do what your eyes tell you to do. I think the, the toughest thing that people do as quarterbacks is that they struggle with uh, their vision. When they get nervous, they start to get tunnel vision and the more that you can just feel comfortable in your position and just being able to play the game instead of worrying about everything around you is that that shows you how quickly you're you're able to you know to kind of get out there and get past that initial nervousness and then staying with the offensive side obviously we talked mentioned it briefly the rushing uh david bailey 181 yards aj dillon 223 yards what do you think was the key this week because nc state has done previously a good job in uh, defending the run BC able to run all over them on Saturday? Um, I really think a lot has to do with the offensive line. They're, they're just playing so well right now. They're minus a couple pre-snap penalties where guys are, you know, moving. They've done a really good job of getting to the second level, getting, you know, linemen onto linebackers and then creating, you know, some creases for the running backs to, to make some plays and match them up downfield with, linebackers and, and defensive backs. And, you know, when you look at NC State's defense, they're they're more designed towards stopping the, the RPO and the spread offenses. They run a 3-3-5, so they have a lot of defensive backs out on the field. And that's good when you're defending the pass, but when you're trying to tackle A.J. Dillon and David Bailey, who are both over 240 pounds, uh, if you're asked to do that 50 times a game, 
that's a lot to ask from from a guy that's you know anywhere in the 180 to 210 pound range. So I think that that factored in as BC was able to wear them out and and really kind of take the will of NC State secondary guys into going and tackling David and AJ. Yeah, Dave uh, Dabble Sweeney in the press conference this morning was talking about BC and watching the tape from that game on Saturday and said it reminded them a lot of like when he played in the 1990s, early, late 80s, those type of running backs. And they're the running backs they're going to see in the NFL. So he thinks for his defense, it's going to be a big challenge and a good challenge for them uh, to prepare for Sundays in the future maybe. Yeah, I think for, you know, Dabo Sweeney, it's a different game in the college and the NFL right now. BC is a different type of offense that they definitely haven't seen, but – I mean, let's not be feeling sorry for Clemson. They have plenty of, uh, you know, talented guys on both sides of the ball that uh, they'll be watching some film. And Brent Venables is a, is a great defensive coordinator. He's been there a long time. And his scheme is they're an ag- aggressive, gap-attacking uh, defense. So from just from watching some tape and, and what you notice is the biggest thing is you can't get behind those guys because – if you have to play from behind and drop back and throw the ball, they're able to really bring that pass rush and really able to dial up their dial up their pressures, which, you know, as BC is just not super equipped right now with the back quarterback on the road to handle that. So that that's something that you're gonna want to avoid. And then two, early downs, they do a good job. They they run a four three, but they always seem to bring a linebacker or extra guy into the running game on first and second down. And when you do that uh, especially in in the box, that means you're eating up offensive linemen, which doesn't allow them to get down, get to that second level because then you're going five on five, right? If you got one guy coming, then each lineman has to pick up one guy, so that doesn't allow them to get upfield and get to the linebackers who are playing, you know, fast aggressive style. So that's kind of his style, and you, and you have to figure out how to combat that. And, and how to be able to, to find some creases and to make some big plays. And, and I think one of the toughest things, and as, as a visual thing to do and watch it aesthetically, it's not pleasing because of this style. They create negative plays. But for BC, they have to continue to run the football, even if there is the, the negative plays or the one- to two-yard plays, because they can't try to be someone that they're not. They're not going to come out in five wides and try to throw the ball all over the park. they got to commit to, to running the football. So it may look ugly at times, but their best chance to win is to, to stay out there and to run the football and be good at who, at, and be better at who they are and just go out there and execute their run game. Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by a BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com. And if, let's fast forward. We mentioned briefly the BC defense played much better against Saturday at NC State. Now, looking into this Saturday, it's a much tougher t- test in Clemson. Uh, if you're the BC defensive coaching staff, what do you tell them to handle Death Valley and uh, the Clemson offense? Well, the good thing is they've had some guys that have played there. They they don't have a ton of guys that have had the experience on that side of the football. But 
I think you'll find out is it's a little different for defense because you're allowed to play with a little more emotion and a little more, I don't want to say reckless abandon, but maybe reckless abandon to go out there and be aggressive and make some plays. And I think for the defensive side of the ball, I think BC, if they need to be successful, they need to keep Clemson in front of them. When Every time I just remember going down to Clemson, when Clemson has won, they've been able to hit some deep balls and they've been able to put some, you know, some pressure throwing the ball deep down the field versus BC secondary. Uh, Clemson has a pretty dynamic receiving corps, as you've seen. Uh, T. Higgins is, is one of the guys out there. They're, they're tall, long, athletic guys that, that are able to make some plays in space. So don't give those opportunities to get the big plays because not only – does it kind of kill you emotionally but it gets the fans going so those big exciting plays so i think for lack of a better term they need to be boring they gotta make clemson go down the field and drive the football whether it's 10 plays or more and not give up chunk plays to keep things in front of them to tackle underneath i think it's going to be a big challenge them tackling this week you, you, uh, bc needs to tackle well and to, to make Clemson go the long way instead of giving them those big over-the-top plays that they that they thrive on and they look for in that offense. So BC, after the win, gets NC State 4-3. and three. Just talk about how this season progresses, how big this Clemson game is. Maybe not to win it, but just to do well and get some positive momentum uh, going for the rest of the season down there. A big test on the road. Well, I'm a firm believer in your positive momentum is your next game. I don't really think that a lot of things carry over that much. Uh, once you get out there, you got to play your opponent, and and they and whatever how you prepare that week dictates how ready you are for that game. So, you know, you want to say that that last week's game against NC State is going to help propel them, but in, in all fairness, it's really not. They got to be able to go out there and execute a totally different game plan on both sides of the football. And, and to go out there and give forth their best effort and to kind of, you know, use their strengths and, and play play to those strengths. And, you know, if you go out there and you don't play well and you lose, it doesn't – there's no moral victory that helps prepare you for Syracuse the following week or, or anything to build on that says, hey, uh, well, we played Clemson tough, so now we're going to go win in Syracuse. No, that doesn't work. you got to be able to clean the wickets and go back out and, and get ready – for the next week and the next opponent and prepare just as hard for them. So I really don't think that if they just go out and even if they win or if they play well, that that really dictates how they they go at um, Syracuse next week. So the winner of this game plays for the O'Rourke McFadden Trophy. Um, Scott, BC's due for a win. They've lost, I believe, seven straight to Clemson, uh, it's none and no wins in the Steve Adazio era. What can you tell fans making the road trip down or flying down about the stadium, and how does it ring for you in terms of ACC venues? Uh, it's my, I, I would say it's my favorite place. I would say it's the best place to go see a football game on the road. Uh, I've played in some some great venues and some great stadiums, but I think Clemson is the best. I never played in Clemson, but I've been there as obviously doing. Uh, my, the radio gig now uh, for a couple times, and I, I love it. Not only is the atmosphere great, um, you know, the hill run is pretty cool, but the fans are awesome. They're they're so nice. They're so friendly, probably because they've won seven in a row that they, they don't feel anything. But 
the need to be friendly towards us. So maybe that's it. But everyone that's gone down there has had a good experience. It's such a it's such a cool venue. It's a college town. I mean, it is gonna it is a bummer that the game's at 7:30 because that's a brutal nightmare travel for uh, for you know the crew. You spend all day in the hotel and then you gotta go in and you're not getting in until late on Sunday morning, so it's not exactly the most enjoyable time slot to go. But it's a really cool spot. It, it's, it's great. I know you mentioned the SO Club for the Gridiron Club. That's a, that's a cool spot to head out to. It's literally an old gas station, So that, but it's such a, a fun spot. I think when we usually stay, I think we stay in Greenville, so we go kind of hang out around there. I'm actually going to visit with a couple buddies of mine, uh, two guys that are traveling down from uh, from Boston that are, are old baseball buddies of mine that are going down to visit a, another buddy who actually moved down there, and we're going to go hang out and uh, re- reacquaint and eat with each other and go have a, have a nice dinner together and share old stories and share some new ones. <laughs> there you go. That sounds like fun. I agree with you, too. I've been to Clemson a couple times, also been to Florida State. I think those are the top two venues, especially when Florida State's rocking uh, the Tomahawk Chop and, and Tallahassee. Uh, but you're right. Clemson's right up there as well. It, it's going to be a loud, fired-up crowd at night. And, you know, they're just really, really nice fans. I was at the Cotton Bowl uh, when they played Notre Dame, and, you know, they couldn't be nicer fans last year as well. And they say they enjoy playing BC. To your point, I think that's because they've uh, they've been seven and zero against us the last seven years. You're right. <laughs> yeah, and I I think you know you you mentioned uh, Florida State. It's like I, I didn't play at Florida State. I did play in the old Orange Bowl. That was a cool spot. Florida State is Florida State is all is all right. The only problem is like we kind of stay far away, so you're not in you're not in downtown Tallahassee and. Besides, like, the first game we played there when uh, Burt Reynolds was the honorary, uh, the guy that kind of lit the, the, the spear that they throw, which is really cool, um, it just hasn't had that same kind of kind of feeling. Like, you know, I played in Michigan was really cool. Virginia Tech's a really cool place to play when they're, when they're getting loud. West Virginia is also a, a great venue. I would definitely put those up there. And it's funny because you go from what I say is probably my favorite place to, to go watch a football game and to be at Clemson to my least favorite place next week, which is Syracuse. So I get to, I get to run the highs and the lows in my next two weeks. <laughs> well, that's, that's a good way. Well, that's a good way to end it. We'll talk about Syracuse next week. And, uh, you're right. We got to get Florida State. Got to get going because I was there when they put Matt Ryan. It was the oh five oh six? I think it was, and it was a blackout game. They all wore black shirts. I mean, it was it was intense. It was definitely intense. Eighty five thousand. You're right. They've fallen off a little bit, Scott. So this should be an exciting weekend. Any other plans for you traveling wise? I know you got some buddies down there, but uh, any other plans for South Carolina and Greenville? No, I mean I got to figure out how I'm going to fill the uh, Saturday going uh, going down there because you got you got a lot of time before you have to go to the stadium. Maybe head early and go grab lunch around the stadium and then head back to the press box and watch some of the other games. There's a couple good a uh, couple good games that'll be on that I'll, I'll I'll maybe tune in and watch from the press box. It's always a good time to watch there. Clemson also uh, known for having a very good uh, press box meal. So. Yeah, those are important things to people when you're on the road is uh, the meal in which they serve you there. So what, uh, that's, what, that's key. What's the go-to f- food option down there for uh, the meal? Well, well, they change it up a lot. So it's every year it's, it's not the same food. All I know is that it's usually very good. So I'm not, <laughs> not going to complain. But i got to make sure it complies with some lifestyle changes and uh, that I've made and, and 
don't uh, not a heavy carb load that's going to sit me going to sit in my stomach, but then I'll just start running up and down the sidelines and maybe busting out some push-ups so I can burn it off. There you go. After BC score, we'll see you in the end zone. Next to Baldwin. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Just just what you should, just what a 44-year-old man should be doing. Perfect. <laughs> All right, Scott. We'll be listening, man. Thanks a lot for joining us once again on the Minutes with Mute. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm. Based in the Boston area and owned by a BC alum, CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com.